Review code provided by Platonic Friends. I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. Level with us. Hello and welcome to Level With Us, the show where we have a cozy video game discussion every week. And this week we are talking about Blossom Tales 2, The Minotaur Prince, which just came out on Nintendo Switch and Steam. This was developed by Castle Pixel and published by Platonic Friends. And we were lucky enough to get an early review code to give our thoughts on the game. But there's something pressing that we need to take care of first, and that is welcoming Marcus back to the podcast. Marcus is back. Oh my gosh. Marcus. I've missed you. How are you? I am, like, really good. You finally asked me how I was doing after all this time. (laughs) I'm happy to be back. Yeah, I got back from South Korea, which was a blast. Super interesting. I really loved my experience over there, and uh, I'd love to tell you uh, a little bit about it. Maybe I can do that after we talk about Blossom Tales. Sounds great. This is a 2D action-adventure game in the style of an old-school Legend of Zelda game. And it really does a good job reminding me of why I love those games so much. So, Marcus, what do you think of the game? Yeah, kind of the same thing as you. It just very much leans into the era of The Legend of Zelda, specifically around the time of Link's Awakening and the Oracle games. As I played through the, the first part of it, I just thought, like, me 10, 15 years ago would be absolutely jazzed to to play this game i would be super excited by it especially if someone pitched it to me as a oh it's basically a zelda game and then i would just like go full bore into it It, it's very interesting playing a game of a different you know creator and also a more modern take on that thing i guess a lot of the games we talk about are basically a modern take on some classic game but it's especially interesting for like 2d pixel art games like this because the the sprites will like grow and shrink which you cannot do that in you know the grid of an 8-bit game yeah this kind of gave me nitrome vibes just kind of that blocky very colorful bright pixel art but yeah there's a lot of squash and stretch and um as far as the gameplay is concerned like i said it's pretty straightforward uh you throughout the land you slowly open up the map as you get more items from dungeons and these dungeons are pretty meaty like they take an hour or two to finish I was pretty surprised Um, and while most of them are fairly linear those were kind of the dungeons I enjoyed the most in old-school action-adventure games anyway where you kind of face a gauntlet of enemies and puzzles until you get an item that lets you kind of opens up the dungeon more I will say the final dungeon did give me some grief. There's some uh, late game difficulty spikes, which I appreciated. I liked that it was ramping up, but there were a few puzzles that I found to be just a little bit obtuse where uh, they don't really give you any indication how they work. There's some mechanics that have never been introduced before that point, Um, but it's a small gripe overall. Uh, I really liked some of the puzzles. There's a really cool circuit breaker puzzle later in the game that's one of my favorites. Um, And I think each dungeon kind of has one central puzzle that they repeat. And then, you know, of course, you have enemies and mini bosses, full bosses, the whole shebang. So what was your favorite part of the game in terms of, like, beginning, middle, or end? 
Do you feel like it really got into the swing of things in the middle, or do you feel like that difficulty helped it be more enjoyable? Yeah, for sure. I think the mid to late game was my favorite because at that point, um, I unlocked a lot more combat options where it's not just swinging your sword. You actually have a couple special moves, which are kind of just flourishes, but it still makes it way more fun to, you know, swing your sword in a circle, shoot out some lasers, and then do a, a little ground pound move. Um, I, I loved that. That was a collectible to try and find, was these combat scrolls that give you more attacks. That's something that does separate this a little bit from Zelda games. Another thing that separates this is the way the game is framed, the way the story is framed. Um, you have a, a grandfather who's telling his grandkids, uh, Chris, I think. Yeah, Chris and Lily. He's kind of telling them this story. And this is a sequel to the first game, which was also a story that he had told them. Um, and the way they play with that is there are key moments throughout the game where something will happen and the the kids will argue over uh, what would be cooler in the story. And so you get to select what happens. Mm. So when you get a musical instrument in the game, I, of course, picked the accordion. But I yes. loved that you could choose between that and a, you know, a different instrument. I think it was a, a flute or something like that. Um, And I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a few combat encounters where you get to decide what enemies you fight against um, right before you do, which is kind of cool, kind of fun, kind of novel. I just wish they went a little bit crazier with the, you know, unreliable narrator stuff. I think they could have done all sorts of wacky things instead of just a couple, you know, story moments. Uh, I would have loved it if there was more... Uh, getting to decide maybe what order you go to the dungeons or other ways to mess with the different Mm -hmm. changing scenarios. Yeah, I think that there are certain games like, I guess they're more comedy based, but they're not afraid to let you kind of like break the game for a joke, you know, like a a really extremely easy boss just like make a joke out of it. So I agree. I think that games that take wider swings with, with this sort of thing, are more memorable. I wonder if the developers kind of wanted it to be, you know, about equal either choice. You know, they they wanted both of them to be equally valid choices, but I think that sometimes comedy and memorability kind of requires you to have, like, a bad choice, you know? Yeah. One last thing I want to talk about before we get into Star Pieces is the potion crafting element. Did you get to play around with that at all? No. No, I don't think I got that far. So throughout the game, you're collecting all sorts of things, just tons and tons of little materials. It might be little flowers or clovers in the grass. It might be fish that you catch um, in lakes or streams. It might be things that enemies drop. Um, But all of these serve to craft your potions at little pots throughout the world. Um, And it's it's just fun to collect lots of things. Uh, I I think it'd be nice if there was like a map guide or something that could tell you where to find those recipes because it would have been, I think, even more fun if you tracked down individual ones to get the potion you wanted. And while I didn't encounter too many recipes, I was always trying to fill up my empty bottles uh, to give myself little buffs throughout the game. So that's another little twist that I did appreciate. But with that, let's get into Star Pieces. Star Pieces is the part of the show where we talk about a cool little detail or something that we liked about the game during our playthrough. 
It's interesting that you mentioned the late game stuff about narrating because that's actually was just going to be my star piece. I think that frame narratives are super fun and I had no idea to the extent that it even went. I agree though that it makes sense that, you know, maybe they could have taken wider swings, but also I didn't play far enough to, to really see what kind of choices it was working with. But yeah, my, my star piece is is exactly that, just the fact that it's a frame narrative with the grandpa. Uh, well, for my star piece, there was a little, just a little Easter egg, a little piece of dialogue where you're in the desert and there are cacti everywhere and they're really annoying because if you bump into them, you take damage and they all take a few hits just to get rid of. And so after being annoyed by all these cacti, I went into the town in the desert and one of the NPCs said, drink cactus juice, it'll quench ya, nothing's quenchier. And uh, as an Avatar The Last Airbender fan, I always appreciate references like that. So that's my little star piece that I found on my playthrough. That's awesome. I love that. And with that, we'll get into quick jabs. And jab, jab. This is where we get to complain about something usually minor in the game that we didn't like very much. And for me, uh, I really disliked that the B button is your sword swing but also your interaction button ah yes so if you run up to a pot you might slash it or you might pick it up if you're a little too close this game does let you remap all of the buttons which is very nice but it doesn't remap sword and interaction those are always tied together no matter what and the problem with that is is to advance text you press a but to initiate a conversation, you press B. So that's already confusing, because B won't continue the conversation. You have to switch back to A. And then the other thing is you can only hold two items. You know, you roll with X, but you can also roll with ZR, which is what I did the whole game. So I thought it was uh, a little bit of a missed opportunity to only have two items available mapped to buttons at any time. I don't know. I feel like most modern controllers can accommodate for that. Maybe this was them trying to you know, make sure you had limitations. Maybe it was to capture the feel of swapping out items back on the, the Game Boy, but I just think with the tons of buttons on my controller, the bumpers, the D-pad, all the, all the things that just weren't really being used, I think there could have been a, a little bit of a better solution. Yeah, it comes up surprisingly often where you don't want to stab someone, but you accidentally do that, or you don't want to talk to someone and you accidentally do that. I, I think that that is an apt quick jab uh mine is also about sword swinging but it's more uh more just the feel of it i don't love the feel of the sword attack animation and it's difficult to put my finger on it's obviously difficult to put your finger on feel of anything in games generally but specifically just the character animation maybe it's a little long or something or maybe it's the fact that you instantly snap to like 90 degrees one way and you do a full like 180 swipe from one side of you to another side so it just doesn't have a real impact you know it doesn't really have a destination in the animation which makes it kind of feel i don't know a little a little slow a little sluggish interesting did you feel this at all jared or was this kind of just a me I thing? D it was definitely different than most zelda games i've played um, which yeah. I didn't mind. I got pretty used to that. But yeah, I, I, I feel like, yeah, it probably was a little less responsive than just a quick sword swing. Um, you kind of had to time your strikes. Right. Well, comparing this to the games that sort of based on the same era of like Link's Awakening and the Oracle games, those have the slashing motion where the sword stops in front of you. So it's like a, 
a quarter turn rather than a half turn of the sword. So it has more of that kind of like stop of the sword. So it feels more like a complete motion, a complete chop rather than like this wide follow through. So I don't know if it's just me being used to that those other games since this is taking so many things already from that playbook. But I don't know. It's one of those it's one of those quick jabs that's maybe not a super fair quick jab because it's not like I have a solution of like what I would have preferred. I just it felt a little a little slow to me. I think that's totally a fair quick jab. Uh, and that brings us to our last segment, which is who's the fake fan? Fake fan. This is the quiz segment of our show where we try and stump each other with nerdy trivia questions. Well, Marcus, right at the start of the game, there's some little games that you play, these kind of cleverly disguised tutorials uh, where you have to hit targets and, and do other things. But there's also a little cup game where you they put something under a cup and like a, a pebble or something and they swap the cups around and you have to keep your eye on it. I've seen this done in video games before. Um, it's it's a classic. And so we're going to do an audio version of that. Are you ready? <laughs> How can you do an audio three-card Monty? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I want you to visualize in your mind three cups. They can be the stone. <laughs> they can be plastic. They could be whatever kind of cups you want them to be. Now, imagine me opening the middle cup. It's a coconut. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, the middle coconut, coconut and I, shell. I'm putting a little pebble that says you're a true fan underneath the middle cup. And I close the cup down. Okay. Okay, is it is now the time where I tell you that the one on the left is a solo cup and the one on the right is a jug? Well, okay, if that helps you remember then good for you, but I'm I'm not going to to be thinking about that. I'm going to verbally tell you which cups I switch and I want you oh. to Keep okay. your eye, or rather, keep your mind's eye on that pebble. But whose left is whose right? Is are are we looking across a table, or are we the same person with the same view? Good question. Yeah, let's say we're both sitting next to each other at the table. Okay, facing. Um, so the we're same both di- yeah, we're both facing the same direction. We're both looking at this pebble, um, or these three cups with the pebble in the middle cup. Okay. Okay, so rapid fire, I'm going to start swapping these around. Hope you're ready. Let's see how this works. We're going to swap the left and middle, and then the left and right, and then the right and middle, and then the right and middle again, and then the left and the middle, and then the left and the right, and then the left and the middle, and then the middle and the right. Where is the pebble? Middle. It's on the right. Okay, I thought if I said it quickly with confidence, maybe that would make it more right. No, that that was very good. Could we could we try it again? Absolutely. Because here here's all I want. Here's the thing. I hate to say it, but I actually have trouble with my lefts and rights. Like, I'm, I'm the type of person who has to think two seconds when someone says left, which way is left. And that's just a failing of being a human being. Uh, like, just, I'm a, I'm a real bad person. But, like, can we, can we try that again? All right. Here we go again. We've got the little pebble, and we're going to put it in the middle cup. Here we go. Here are the ones I'm going to swap. I'm going to swap the left and right, and then the left and the middle, and then the left and the right, and then the middle and the right, and then the middle and the right, and then the left and the right, then the left and the middle, the middle and the right, middle and the right, left and the right. Where is it? In the middle. Correct. Yes! I think. I need to listen back (laughs) to myself. I even had a little prop that I was... Uh, moving around to try and keep track, but nice boy. I'm gonna. To- I-, I bet I botched both of those, and then I'm gonna have to listen back and then 
throw in an edited version of my voice saying, hey guys, I actually got it wrong. Sorry uh, about that. Excuse me, uh, Jared here. Uh, excuse me, Jared here. I got everything exactly right. But I'm curious if our listeners got them right as well. So please feel free to leave a comment on our YouTube version or tweet at us at LVL with us and let us know how you did. Back to the show. That's a fun game, Jared. I like that. That was a good trivia question. Do you have a question for me, Marcus? Well, this game is Blossom Tales 2, The Minotaur Prince. Minotaur. Hmm. How curious. Oh no, is this a mythology lesson? Jared, here are a few questions about the Minotaur. Okay. First question, um, was Minotaur a name or was it the name of, a, was it a species name or an individual name in Greek times? What do you mean? Like an individual name? Like it one, there was one Minotaur? Was there one Minotaur or many Minotaur? I think there's probably only one. That's correct. Minotaurs as a race kind of came into being in like fantasy, but gotcha. the original Minotaur was just the one. Second question is, who killed the Minotaur? Uh, Percy Jackson in the, uh, the Incorrect. first Percy Jackson. Sorry, sorry. Wait, nope. okay, let me, let me guess again. Um, is it Perseus? No. Okay, wait, wait. Oh, one more guess. Is it Hercules? Also, no. Ah, I don't remember. I'll give you a hint. Um, uh, another game that has a Minotaur in it mentions who killed the Minotaur. I'm talking about the game Hades. Of course. Yeah, I don't remember Hades. Uh, Minotaur. Oh, oh, Theseus. Yes, Theseus killed the Minotaur. That's right, because you have to fight them both in the arena. I forgot about that. Huh. Good question. Well, while while Hades is fresh in your mind, the final question, you will only get this if you paid attention in Hades, because I can't Great. think of how you would know this otherwise. I thought we are talking about Blossom Tales. What's the name of the Minotaur, Jared? Oh, gosh. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't ask this. Uh, you know what? I don't know, but I'm sure I'll be mad that I didn't know it once you tell me. Well, there's part of the name that deals with the fact that in being part cow, he's basically a steer. Mm-hmm. Asterius. 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 Oh, okay. Asterius or Asterion, depending on what yeah, book I, you read. I did not remember that. Ah, uh, well done. One out of three, or one and a half, maybe. <laughs> one and a half. We'll take that. Uh, not not my best showing. But also, nothing to do with Blossom Tales. Well, we've both successfully proven that we are fake fans. But uh, yeah, Blossom Tales 2 has my recommendation. Um, I think if you are looking for a 2D Zelda-like experience, this is good. Uh, I also think I could compare it to something like Tunic, which we played earlier this year. Both of those are great action-adventure games, and they make me wish we had more... Uh, games in that style and now that we are done discussing the game it is finally time to catch up a little bit on your trip so marcus you went to south korea for like a month and a half on a study abroad tell us about it like what were your major highlights for the trip for sure it's it's hard to boil down an experience of a month into you know a few talking points but i'm sure anyone who's been to south korea knows all of this already but the food is amazing. Shocking. But yeah, no, the, the food was fantastic. Um, I also just loved having cultural experiences that I hadn't had before. Kind of feeling like a, a fish out of water was, was really fascinating. Because I don't speak Korean, so a major portion of my trip was just trying to figure out how to communicate with people and figuring out what's like 
universal body language and what definitely isn't. You didn't make any rude gestures by accident, did you? Uh, not that I know of, but who, who can really say? There, there was definitely a couple moments where like an old lady yelled at me, uh, scolded me for, for walking on a path, and I don't know exactly what she was saying to me. So all I know is her and her friends said something and we walked away and they started laughing. Uh, so that, that, was a, that, that was one of those like, hmm, I think I did something wrong. I wish I had more video game experiences to, to come back home with. Yeah, that was kind of my next question, because, like, I, I know there's, you know, at least the areas you went to, because you were in Seoul, right? Um, it, I, I remember you texted me a picture of, like, a video game flea market. Tell me about that. Yeah. It, it's really interesting, because the bigger, you know, a city gets, the more kind of subspecified the little markets can get. So it was kind of cool going just down this alleyway, uh, like an underground tunnel that just was lined with a bunch of retro video game stuff. So that, that was really cool. Unfortunately, it was like mostly in Korean. And like I said, I don't speak Korean, so wasn't able to, to get too much there. But yeah, I wish I would have been able to like go into some like esports circles or stuff like that. Um, I, I really didn't have time to, to kind of explore that side of, of things over there. Uh, claw machines are huge over there. Do those kind of video games? They shouldn't. <laughs> sure, let's do an episode about claw machines. Yeah, arcades too. I we I really enjoyed. Ah, shoot, I can't remember what it's called, but the Taiko Drum game. Oh yeah, yeah. That, there's like a whole series of that of that particular mm-hmm. game. It's the one with the little red face and the blue face, right? That's right. Yeah, I have That's the right. app game, but there's something about playing on a giant drum with giant sticks. That's way fun. So I probably played that game like in five different arcades. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to play with other people too because. There are usually two of them right by each other. But yeah, 10 out of 10. Really enjoyed the trip, but I'm happy to be back. Um, I bet people have enjoyed the the Jared times. Like, I, you've been putting out a great podcast just on your lonesome. Uh, I think the show's suffered without you. I think we're better off when you're here cracking jokes. Well, I think you're going to suffer with me now. So I'm glad you enjoyed your trip. I, I'm sure you didn't enjoy the jet lag. Mm-hmm. But now it's time to get to work, because we've got more episodes coming up of Level With Us. We've been getting some more review codes, which is very exciting. So there's a lot of indie games we'll be covering over the next few weeks. And uh, pretty soon we'll be celebrating our 50th episode, which we've got some special plans for that as well. So I hope you're all looking forward to that. Level With Us is on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. And until next time, I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. And we'll level with you then. Thank you.